Sports Podcast. I'm so psyched today. Last night, I purchased a program that allows me to record Skype calls. And so to kick that off, I went ahead and called my brother down in Florida, who is uh, a graduate back in 2004. Uh, His name's Grant Alford. Uh, He played football and basketball. and, And beyond prep, he went on to go coach in and around the area. He coached at North Central. He coached at Shadle. He was a big, big influence in uh, Brett Rippon's career all through Pee Wee and through high school and uh, really helped Brett get to the stage in which he is today, you know, going through Boise State and all the way to uh, the NFL now. And so I had the privilege of sitting down with Granos and uh, kind of testing out this call. And one of the things I want you to remember with this and r- really just take advantage to, to see and hear and listen is he's my brother and I had the opportunity to just have a conversation with him and what you can take away from it is obviously where he is now and what he's doing and how prep led him to what he's doing but also it's just an opportunity for you to get to know me a little better because you know I'm very much like my family and uh, just being able to sit down and, and, and talk with him for about an hour was really cool about what he's doing down there at his school uh, as far as you know the football program that he's involved in and the offensive coordinator uh, him him teaching and the traditions that he's bringing to his school that since it's a new school they had not had any exposure or any uh, a background or basis for a tradition and he really pulled from his prep experience to bring a sense of tradition and uh just in an environment in which he is fully embraced. So I really do hope that you enjoy the conversation he and I had. And uh, yeah, just take it as an opportunity to get to know me a little better and then uh, see where old Granos is now uh, all the way there in Florida. Enjoy. What's up? Granos, how you doing? (laughs) I'm doing fine. How you doing, buddy? Uh, I'm doing really well, sitting here in Studio B, uh, just wondering uh, what you're up to right now. Oh, the Gonzaga Prep Bullca- uh, podcast. Can't talk, <laughs> doesn't matter. Uh, what am I doing right now? I am sitting out here um, looking outside at the lawn I just mowed. Pretty impressed with it. So, you know, being a homeowner, yeah, man, you take pride in little things like that. You know, how the lawn is cut, you know, did you edge well? Did you sweep up the grass? <laughs> no, my life is uh, my life has really gotten boring. So yeah, that's you're you're, right fu- you're full on dad mode now. Yeah, thank you. As long <laughs> as you don't say they got the dad bod, I'm trying to push out the dad bod for as long as I can. But it's tough, man. You know, when the baby keeps you up a little bit, last thing you want to do is 30 push-ups. Well, are so. you wearing New Balance 470s or something? Like, what, what are you rocking? No, I'm not wearing the New Balance. I'm not wearing the New Balance white shoes with the blue, with the big blue N. Sorry to all those listening that uh, rock the New Balances, but no, um, no, I do not wear those. I still wear the Nikes. I still got a thin enough foot to wear them. And even if my arthritic toes do not fit in, I will shove them in there as much as I possibly can. Neuropathy. Whatever, I'm still gonna wear them. Doesn't I love matter. that. I love that scene in Crazy Stupid Love where uh, Ryan Gosling meets Steve Carell at the mall, and he comes up to him and he goes, "What are you wearing?" And he goes, "What? These, these are my New Balance <laughs> shoes." And he goes, "What are you, Steve Jobs?" 
give me those. Yeah. And he throws them over the yeah. side of them. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, like I said, um, fashion is a big thing at the high school level and rocking white new balances where the end of the khakis do not reach all the way. And the white socks, the white crew cut <laughs> socks are being shown because you went out and bought a 40 pack of champion white socks. That is not the look that I try to go for at, at uh, Lake Mineola high school. <laughs> Uh, how, uh, how is it teaching freshmen this year? Um, well, if I could lose more hair, I would. So <laughs> just out of myself on the podcast that I am bald, I would say that the, the challenge of teaching freshmen is just trying to make that transition from going from the big dogs on campus in middle school to now they're the low man on the totem pole. That is probably the biggest thing that you have to kind of get them to be aware of. Um, a lot of 18 year olds are not going to walk by a 14 year old and say, you know, what's up? How you doing? Say, how do you mother for me? (laughs) Really bad Mark Wahlberg impression. Anyway, (laughs) I would say that that, that's something you have to get used to. And then just, you know, they're loud, you know, they're loud. It's as almost as if everyone just had a big gallon of Mountain Dew before school started. (laughs) Um, the Red Bull on tap. Mixed in with some pop rocks and some pixie sticks, they're they're ready to go. They, they, they definitely. You start seeing the maturation a little bit toward the tail end of the year, but at the beginning of the year, it's just it's all about classroom management. Just getting the kids to learn how to sit in a desk for fifty minutes. Um, you know, take notes like a human being. <laughs> things like that it's very very difficult at first to being able to do that but i i would say for the most part it's been going okay well i saw video of your guys last pep rally and things were well, like before rocking go, before, before you go to that hold on before you go to that did you taught freshmen two years ago yeah i did um yeah the, how was that <laughs> <laughs> well i think you asked the, the question you already knew the answer to but you could go ahead and tell your well, no, here's no, 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 why that is why that's so difficult. <laughs> well, here was the thing, and to my defense, I had them for the last two periods of the day. That is brutal, yeah, man. So do I. So do I. <laughs> yes, and uh, freshmen in general, and this—if any freshman is listening to this podcast, okay, the the one random one that's being forced to listen to it in the car while the dad is driving—that. <laughs> If you go, listen, do not sit outside while you're having lunch. That is not a good idea than to go, especially here down in Florida, where it's like 105 real feel. And you come into my classroom in six and seven period afterward, just allowing me to know when you walk right by me that you did sit outside for lunch. That is not a good idea. Talk so about I would say stank. that would be the biggest thing. Yeah, that, yeah, just, come on, man. Like, the recess days, they're over. Just let it go. Get inside an air conditioning. Sit at a cafeteria table. All right? Shout and yell as loud as you want. It's a cafeteria. Whatever. The point is, enjoy the 21st century. You don't need to sit outside where it's just like you're sitting on the surface of the sun. It is brutal. And then you come in there. And just, it's like you could feel the humidity in the room, even with the AC full blast when they come in. It's just like, come on, man. You get, dude. Well, it's just a com- sit inside. <laughs> it's a combination of that and the ma- the heavy mouth breathing that go on in your classroom, I think. Yeah. So 
I was thinking about just like running a dentist office and just have some Trident sticks of gum because, like, <laughs> for whatever reason, dentists are all big into Trident multicolor gum. I just have that in a big communal bowl when they walk in, like. <laughs> Take one, not please take one, but take one now. <laughs> I would say that was the biggest thing. It's their admission so in the class. Sitting, we're all sitting in a mathematics dugout with all of them chewing their big league <laughs> chew of gum. Whatever, whatever that will help. That'd be great. I just, I can't. I just, ugh. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry, what were you gonna say? <laughs> well, no, I I saw a video. I was really excited about it. it your video of uh, or Kelso put on uh, on Facebook. Your guys' last pep rally. And what I was going to ask yeah. you about freshmen in particular yeah. was, okay, I I was there and witnessed freshmen be radio silent practically in pep rallies. And you had kids like jumping out of their seat. So it just makes me think how convenient you start teaching freshmen. All of a sudden I get video of a pep rally and all of those freshmen know how to act. So I'm thinking something, something doesn't smell right there. I don't think they're doing that all on their own. Well, that has a different connotation now when you say smell right. But yeah, I would say that the, <laughs> I would say that the bit, yeah, I would say no. On all seriousness, yeah, I mean, obviously me being the MC of the pep rallies, um, you know, I did, I did try to prep them as much as I can, uh, as well, I guess as much as I could. Sorry to my English teachers from Gonzaga Prep, but yeah, as much <laughs> as I could about the uh, ability to get loud. You know, pep rallies here in high school are significantly different than the middle school that you may have come from. It is, um, it, it you know, it's it's all about showing your spirit through. You know, it's a one free, it's a one time that you're allowed to be loud and obnoxious. You know, just let it go. You know, like put yourself into a coma from just the school spirit you you show. And so, the kids were kind of a little bit, I think, unsure of themselves. I and mean, we have 500 freshmen, so Ooh. it's a big class. It's a big class. Um, and, I, you, know, I, you know, kudos to the fact that our school is, a, is now graded as an A school down here, which is awesome. Um, and it's the only A school, high school-wise, in, in the area. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a – I think a lot of parents want to send their kids there. And so, as they're, and, you know, we're a technology-driven school. It's a nicer school because it's relatively newer still. It's been, I think, open for eight or nine years. So, a lot of freshmen went there this year. And, yeah, I think I teach 179 students this year. So it's a, you know, I have a lot of kids and a lot of them are freshmen and, you know, just trying to get them to understand how everything was going. And coach Kelso, who is our, uh, Brian Kelso is our soccer coach and myself, we run a varsity club that is all specialized in cheering and, you know, showing school spirit. And they all come from different backgrounds and they're, they're athletes. They're in the members of the key club, SGA, uh, maybe the robotics team. I'm not sure. I don't know. Uh, I, I just, you know, but the point is, is that you got kids that go out there and they kind of really want to have a lot of a say. And so now we have freshmen that have joined the varsity club, which is a new one. And yeah, I think maybe to some extent, the fact that I promoted it in my class probably helped. But I think what they saw with the pep rally, we, we started with like 25 kids in varsity club. I think when you were at the school two years ago, when you were there, yeah. um, you know, we had like 25, 30, and a lot of it was senior heavy, and it seemed like almost everybody on the soccer team that Coach Kelso coached was part of the varsity club. Like, <laughs> like it was a requirement like a to be in that. <laughs> yeah. You want to play varsity, you got to be in the varsity club. <laughs> um, and uh, now it's like 70, 80 kids, and it's, and it's only growing. Um, 
And I think a lot of it is because they see the good that we're doing, and it's a lot of fun. I mean, it gets you get an opportunity to kind of have a say in how the school is run from a spirit standpoint, and the pep rallies are the best way to show that. You get yeah. a chance to do stuff at games. But, yeah, but speaking of pep rally, strictly pep rally, our, our freshmen and the fact that they were involved in the varsity club all added to the reason why when you saw those videos, they looked so good. You were, sure. you were playing homage to uh, the Gonzaga Bulldogs with a little zombie nation. Yeah, well, being a season ticket holder <laughs> plug. for, for <laughs> yeah, absolutely, plug, for about 10 or 12 years, and, you know, and I have to say, it was so great that Mark Few and the rest of the Gonzaga Bulldog Nation were able to finally make it to a national title game the year I moved down here to Lake Mineola. So <laughs> I'm really happy that I got to see them beat up on the powerhouses of St. Mary's and the San Franciscos. Yeah, and uh, the early round exits. Yeah, and then get bounced in the second and third round. And then... Like, hey, I'm going to move now. I'm going to go to Lake Mineola. I'm going to live in Florida. And then all of a sudden they're like, hey, guys, let's make this run. Let's make it happen. And they go all the way to the national championship game. That was fantastic. But anyway, yeah, I mean, one of the things that make Gonzaga games so cool is obviously the the crowd. I mean, there's no question. I mean, out of all the the schools on the West Coast up and down, it's hard to beat, you know, per capita um, what Gonzaga's you know, what it would, you know, the arena, the Gonzaga arena, whatever they call it. I mean, the, what it, the uh, I believe in the McCarthy center now, no longer the kennel. Yeah, McCarthy center. It, it, you know, yeah. Okay. Right. The kennel. So been away <laughs> for a while, forgot the lingo, but yeah, the kennel. And I, I had to say it, it's really cool that, you know, for a couple of days before the game, they camp out and, you know, they're a bunch of crazy lunatics in there, which makes it such a fantastic environment to not only go watch a game, but I'm sure for even opposing teams to play in. And God knows what it does for the home team. And I just felt like I don't understand why that only has to be limited to a college. I mean, why can't we do that for high schools? And, you know, the one thing that Gonzaga Prep has always done a really nice job of is that, you know, me being a student there at one point, but also the and, and an alum, and also being a coach there and, and coached against Prep, is, you know, that they have a lot of people that show up for games, student body, you know, they, they do the cheers and all those kinds of things. And um, that's a unique thing. And, I, you know, at Lake Mineola, we're trying to build that. And it's tough when you don't have a lot of years there where there's a tradition you can rely upon. And so the cool thing is you kind of come up with these new ideas for, for pet rallies and things of that nature. And I just thought it'd be really cool to try to do, recreate a little bit of that zombie nation thing that they do at Gonzaga. And I have to say, for the first time, it looked really good. And if we can continue to keep doing that, that's a tradition that we started. And I, I've always posed this to the kids. You know, the benefit about going to a newer school is if you could start something early on and be part of the initial wave, 30 years from now, if, you, if you're still living in Claremont or whatever and the kids go to Lake Mignola, you can look at them and say, you know, that zombie nation you guys do? Yeah, yeah, my class started that. I mean, that's that's a cool legacy. You're not just one of the many kids who have gone through there. It's like, no, you're the first. And that, that is a really cool thing to kind of buy into. And so it should only get better because anybody who knows about anything new at schools, it takes a while for it to catch on. Well, but I think so, it's really cool because of the fact that um, it's only going to be better because now that that's out on social media, you know kids are going to want to best that the next go around. So oh, you almost yeah. did yourself a service in this, you know, in today's day and age 
that kids are just going to want to go out and say, we can be even louder. And so that's what I look at. You're in the right position now. The disservice would be to my head since it was pounding <laughs> after the first one. But I would say that the, yeah, I mean, no question. It's, it's a really cool thing. And, you know, and the pet rallies at Gonzaga Prep is also a motivation for me. I mean, we always had really cool pet rallies when we were there. Um, but, you know, we, we only had, what, like 900 kids in the school or 850, yeah. whatever it is at Gonzaga Prep. At our school, we have 1,900. Jeez. And you should be able to pump out a lot of noise with 1,900. I mean, even if you conservatively say about 1,500 make noise, and then you get the cool 400 kids that sit in the back and they just stand with their arms folded while <laughs> their bodies are bouncing up and down, but not by <laughs> choice, but because the amount of movement on the stands are forcing them to go up and down. Yeah. You just kind of stand there like they're all Secret Service agents. They just want to look at them and be like, you know, dude, what, <laughs> buy in. Like, what is your what is your... <laughs> You know, you're like that guy that says, I'm not going to wear the Disney shirt at Disney. No, you are the one that's sticking out like the nerd. You were at <laughs> Disney. Like, that is kind of the same thing. It's like, yeah, I'm wearing a Darkwing Duck shirt because I'm at Disney. <laughs> like, it's, it's just, I don't know. It's That is kind of the thing that is always difficult to get across to every kid. It's like, if you're going to be here, you might as well be a part of it. And that was the one thing that Gonzaga Prep, I always thought, did a really nice job of is everyone seemed to really buy in. I mean, yeah, you're going to get a few of those kids that don't go full bore, but they at least kind of feel like they're a part of it. Yeah. And the fact that it was on social media, the fact that now nowadays kids pop their phone out immediately, something is cool that they see or that they think would be getting a lot of hits on their, you know, their Snapchat stories or their Instagram, what I call the gram on Instagram, <laughs> the whatever. Gram. <laughs> yeah, the gram. Um, not so much Facebook because I find that they feel like that's for older people now, but yeah. Um, anyway, and I think Tom's the last guy that's on my space, but, uh, <laughs> I think for the most part, the <laughs> inside joke for those who are over 30, I would say that the, <laughs> the, the big thing is that they see that, that they see something cool and they can't wait for the next one. And mm -hmm. that's the whole point. When, when kids are walking out of a pep rally and they're sweating, you did a good job, <laughs> you know, when and they when walk out, of... walking out of there. Good. No, I was just gonna say when they're walking out of there, like you just got done mowing the lawn, uh, that sweaty, yeah. you're you're yeah. you're in the right you're in the right yeah. spot. Yes, that is exactly the amount of sweat and that here's, you would like coming off of mowing the lawn. Yeah, but here's the other thing that you're uh, hmm, leaving out. I think for everybody, uh, were you sweating? That's probably the more important question. Um. Well, after I just made fun of the hygiene issue, I'm going to sound like a hypocrite here a little bit. Yeah, I was sweating profusely. Now, I don't sweat like the hairy guy <laughs> that has yet to find a way to discover manscaping. But I would say, yeah, I would say that the that the amount of sweat that was, you know, I'm bald. And my hat was green when it started. And then it became a forest Kelly green after it was done. <laughs> And then my jacket was, I wouldn't say was like filled with sweat, like a guy that is outside in the sun in a jacket the entire time. <laughs> it was definitely, but it was, it was a little moist. So we're and saying then, that the, the jacket's going to need to be dry cleaned. Yeah. I told my wife as soon as I got home, I was like, you know, Danielle, we're going to need to dry clean this jacket. Why? And I was like, because I did a pep rally. <laughs> and then when she saw the pep rally video, she was like, all right, yeah, we're going to dry clean that. So now it's, 
it was awesome. I mean, you know, like I said, if you walk out of there with a migraine as a teacher, it's like, all right, you did a good job. Like that is, that is what you want. You want kids to feel like pep rally days are just a total different mindset than any other Friday. Yeah. Um, well, and, and, and then it carried over to the game, which was awesome because we had so many kids show up to the game and, you know, we're still trying to, you know, people that aren't from here don't understand or live here. You kind of take for granted what you have at prep or at other schools in that, in, in the GSL Yeah, where they all have, well, outside of Rogers and North central with their 12 people, but the, the games at like, you know, CV prep, U high LC Ferris is the Meads that the powerhouses, right? The, they get kids who come to the game and it's, it's an event and it's, you know, kids want to go because it's like, it's not, it's not a question of if, you know, are you going? It's like, it's a question of when are you going? A total different thing. So we had a lot of kids there. It was a country night. Um, so they all dressed up. And, yeah. So, I mean, it's really cool, but I mean, like the chants and stuff like that. I mean, they're starting to do that a little bit, which is really cool. And the key thing is now you got to keep, got to keep doing it. Like you got to keep passing it down. Like the next year senior class has got to lead it and so forth. And last year's senior class we thought was going to be tough to kind of replace coach Kelso and I thought that. And then I have to say this year, this senior class has done a really nice job with it. But I see, I think it's because of what last year's senior class did and they're just up in the ante and that's what it should be. You're always looking to raise the bar. And, you know, create some chance like the old Ferris Saxons, like, you know, hey, burrito. <laughs> um, Stand up, sit down, fight, fight, fight. Yeah, I, yeah. well, I don't ever get that chant, but whatever, man. <laughs> uh, you know, you got to be a Saxon to get it. So I, all that being said, no, for sure. It's a lot of cool things we're doing at the school right now. And it started with the pep rally, no question. Danielle sent us a picture because we don't get the privilege of talking to you on game days just because of the fact that your life is intense, intensified by Coach Banks. Um, but uh, she <laughs> yeah. she sent us a picture uh, of the line just to get inside the game. So when you're talking about oh, people yeah. being there, I mean, it yeah. must have been like 200 people in front of her. Yeah, I think we had close to a thousand at the game, which you know may not seem like a lot. I mean, of course, if you go to Albie, there's a thousand at Albie. It looks like there's twenty because that stadium <laughs> is so capped. But yeah, I mean, it was really cool. I mean, we had the you know the band was up there in the stands, and from the left hand side, which goes about from the thirty to the other thirty, outside of maybe the far other end, I would say, which is like just one row maybe or one little section, it it was full. And then you had a lot of kids just walking around and stuff, like just like the Pepsi Pavilion at Old Albie. <laughs> the mini it, donuts. It is, yeah, mini donuts, and then go sit next to Old Joe up in the stands <laughs> and the bronze statue that always freaked me out when we did walkthroughs. And I look up there and I'm like, who is that guy? And you read, it's just the bronze statue. <laughs> but no, I would say that it's definitely something that is unique to be able to look back on and say, like, Man, we had a lot of people there and you can really sense like, okay, this is why we're doing it. Um, obviously the football coach has some bias because yeah, it's great for us that we have, you know, a lot of people come to our game, but you know, even for basketball games, volleyball games, et cetera, you got to make it an event, man. You got to make it seem like people want to go there because it's like, they don't want to be missing out on anything. Yeah. That's what you want. And that's tough in Orlando because we have so many options down here. Oh um, Yeah. It's tough. I mean, it's it's not like a small little town where everyone's like, you know, you know, there's nothing else going on. You know, everything's closed 
at seven, gone to the game kind of thing with a sign <laughs> in the front of the door, like it's some Southwest Texas town. I would say that it's, it's mostly, you know, it, there's a lot of options and kids nowadays can do whatever they want. They can go to the movies, you can go to downtown Orlando, you could do the attraction area. I mean, there's a lot of stuff you can do. And the fact that we had so many kids go to the game, that's what you want. And I, and I think we're starting to get there. Well, talk about a letdown though. They go to the game and what's this here? Devin gets kicked out of the game. Yeah, our quarterback gets kicked out of the game for uh, supposedly being combative and using profanity. It was the second to the last play of the game, drops back, or no, I'm sorry, the half. We're up 27-12, he, he drops back, he rolls out, <clears throat> scrambles, runs out of bounds. A guy late takes a cheap shot at him, hits him late, out of bounds. Gavin gets up, uses some profanity, not necessarily directed toward anybody in particular, but just kind of uses profanity. And the referee took that as he was just saying it to him, throws a 15-yarder. Then as he's coming back toward our sideline, because it happened on their sideline, he said it again, but this time again to himself. And then our side judge threw a flag. And the words that he said were not derogatory toward a player or race. He did not use the uh, hateful F word or four-letter word. And as a result, they still thought it was warranted enough for him to be thrown out of the game. And then on top of that, ending in a five-game suspension. So it was a double whammy. Um, that's but like unheard of. Who, who gets kicked out for five games for something that's not a fight? Using profanity. Uh, that's the very thing that we're talking about right now, as well as everybody involved and, you know, it's getting to be an annoyance because it's like the same conversation I'm having with everybody. I mean, you, it's different, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it is unheard of. And that's why they're, they're taking some action to hopefully, you know, either lessen the suspension or just get rid of it altogether. I don't, he'll, he probably won't play Friday night. Um, but, uh, maybe we can get him back by next Friday. You know, that'd be great. But you know, we're just coaching up the sophomore that we have stepped in. His name's Isaiah Shannon. He's a good kid. He's, he's coachable. Um, he's played a few quarters already in just two games of our season. Um, and, and he's had success. He's driven the ball down the field. The seniors seem to respect him. Um, you know, it's just a mindset of next man up. That's all you can do. But is there is there any appeal process? Like, is there any hope that he would be less than five right games? Right now, I, right now, it's they appealed it, but it was uphill. But we're taking some other action that I can't get into the details of necessarily. So, I'll just say this: that hopefully it will get lessened one way or another. I'll just put it that way. How's he doing though? He's doing okay. I mean, obviously, anytime a senior loses games. And you, you're trying to play at the next level, which from an athletic standpoint, he absolutely has the talent to play at the next level, um, even just as maybe a slot-wide receiver because he is small for, for quarterback. It's a challenge to, to be told that you can't play five games. It's one thing when you're hurt yeah, because you know you physically know you can't play, but it's another thing when you're 100% healthy and you're just sitting there. And he knows he made a mistake. He shouldn't have done what he did. But to warrant a five-game suspension is just outrageous. So – you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, for him, he's trying to be a good leader. He's, he, you know, he apologized to the team. He apologized to us coaches. And, and, you know, he's trying to be the best scout team quarterback ever. He's trying to be Devin Mahomes out there. And, you know, <laughs> wait, wait. And that's, you know, that's what you want. So, wait, are you telling me that you've given up the reins as scout team quarterback and you've passed it to yeah. Devon Cole? 
at 33, it's a little <laughs> harder to maneuver around with a 17-year-old than it was when I was 23. So I would say that, yeah, uh, Devin has taken over the reins and has done a pretty good job of giving him a look. <laughs> yeah, thank God. Well, thank God. Don't don't talk like it wasn't too long ago that you didn't enjoy throwing some heaters out there because just no, two years ago when I, I was there, that. you were enjoying it quite a bit. Yeah, no, I didn't say I didn't like doing that. I mean, yeah, it was fun dominating children, but... <laughs> At the at the same time, I realized like, man, my arm is really sore, and uh, <laughs> this is a little different type of soreness than I had when I was like in high school, and I was just throwing you know a hundred balls a day or whatever. I mean, yeah, it's a different mindset when you're a little older and you're just a weekend warrior, or I guess a weekday warrior in my case on yeah. Tuesdays and Wednesdays. But uh, you guys, uh, you're two and zero though on the season though. Well, we're one and zero technically. The first game was a preseason game. They called that the kickoff classic, and they kind of use it as a regular game, but it really doesn't count toward your overall record. So, yeah, definitely definitely a little bit of a challenge. All right, now now I want the uh, – I'll, I'll lead you like a horse – or leading a horse to water. Um, give, me, give me some stats on your offense so far this year. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, pat, pat uh, yourself on the back here because I know that you've been lighting it up. Well, yeah. So it was my second year being the offensive coordinator. We're averaging, in the first two games, if you want to count that preseason game, we, we were averaging over 460 yards of offense. We scored um, six touchdowns. Of, well, no, we scored, yeah, we scored six touchdowns in each of the two games that we've played, um, which is great. Um, out of 15 drives we've had, we've scored on 12 of them. So, yeah, we're, we're doing really well. We're executing pretty well. There's always things you can clean up. And we're trying to do that, obviously. Our, you know, the, the competition we played against was, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, we, we took care of business. I'll just say it that way. And then, you know, we got, a, we got a tough one Friday night. We play Fleming Island. They're in Jacksonville. They're well coached. That will give us a nice good litmus test to see where we stack up with, you know, another good team. Um, and, you know, we have, we have big goals this year. So, you know, we're taking it one game at a time. And like I said, you know, even though Devin's not going to be there, uh, Isaiah's done a nice job stepping in and kind of just still leading the way. And the guys are very supportive of him because they know. I mean, when Devin does come back, whenever that is, he needs still something to play for. We don't want the season to tank just because all of a sudden Isaiah's at quarterback. And I have a lot of faith in Isaiah. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, this will be a much better test to see where we stand as a football team right now. How far is that trip up to Jacksonville? That'll be three hours, so oh. that is going to be um, a nightmare. Now, I know that we, if anyone has been down in Florida, there is nothing in between cities, so it's just flat land with orange groves, So, <laughs> which is great when you're doing a orange juice commercial, but not so great <laughs> when you're or riding soaring over California, but it's different when you're trying to go to a game. So yeah. it's a charter bus, thank God. We're not riding the big yellow cheese. <laughs> um, so that's good. And uh, I'll just say this. A, if we win, that three-hour bus ride is going to seem to be a heck of a lot better than it would be if we lost, if we lose. So, now, you, you talked about kids and stank uh, in the classroom just eating lunch. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I'm yeah. hopeful. Your players shower, right, or are going to shower? 
I don't know. I just know I'd sit up in the front of the bus. So <laughs> as long as I'm turning my head, I should be fine. <laughs> but it's amazing how you get over the stink, if you will, if you know that you're coming off of a win. That's true. So you, you tend to overlook those things. You tend to dwell on the stink if you lose. That is for sure. Yeah. 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 All right. So uh, let's think to this. This Friday, it's fourth and one. Yeah. You've got a sophomore quarterback. And games on the line, who do you put the ball in the hands of to, to get that one yard? Well, I would say whatever the defense gives me, Nate. I think we got <laughs> pretty good I think we got pretty good uh backs. Um we had a back that ran for two hundred and fifteen yards last week, so you know, he's a good back. Um he was just voted as a top sixty prospect in central Florida. Um we have four wide receivers that can all handle the ball well and catch the ball and make plays after the catch. And then our quarterback's a runner. I mean, Isaiah is a dual-threat kid, too. So, it and ultimately, it's just a matter of what the defense gives me. Oh, okay. Um, I don't try to force these things. Well, well, whatever. I'm not going to sit here and say, well, give it to this guy. We, sorry, I should have said at the beginning of the call, check that. This is not Grant Alford. It's uh, Sean McVay actually joining me today. Yeah, that's right. Sean McVay. <laughs> whether it's T.J. Anderson or Todd Gurley, doesn't matter. So... <laughs> I'll do whatever the offense tells me, or I'll, tell, I'll do whatever the defense dictates for us. So, yeah, we'll be all right. Now, I know that you have two of the most loyal fans in your household, both uh, your wife, Danielle, and young daughter, Blakely. Will they make the three-hour yeah. trip out to Jacksonville for the game on Friday? I mean, I don't know yet. They're talking about doing that. It always sounds like a good idea, but then driving home after the game is something that you have to think about. Yeah. So driving there is not because it's daylight, whatever. We're driving on the way back. Probably not. So, I don't know. Um, I told her she doesn't have to go, but she's trying to be the supportive wife and go to the games and stuff. And she knows we have a good team this year, so I know that she wants to be able to, you know, watch us compete at a high level and all that kind of stuff. But uh, we'll see. Baby Blakely is the one that you have to worry about at nine months old. Car seat is not her favorite, and I don't know if Miss Danielle wants to drive home with a screaming baby behind her for three hours. So, <laughs> well, well, there's only that the volume knob only goes up so far. <laughs> My favorite is when I hear Dad on the phone, and uh, he'll be talking to Danielle, and all of a sudden, uh, I just hear him go, "I'll talk to you later." And he gets off the phone, and he'll just be like, yeah, she was screaming in the phone. I couldn't hear her, so I just got yeah, off. No, that's, yeah, and what's ironic is, you know, we have a, a newer car, which allows us to be able to put you guys on, you know, speakerphone, and we can just talk, you know, yeah. to you guys through that. And unfortunately, baby Blakely makes it sound like her mouth is literally hovering above <laughs> the speaker while she's sitting in the back. So, yeah, she has a very unique talent to be able to jump in at the most in- inopportune times. That is for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you're always rolling the dice when you're making a phone call while baby Blakely's in the car. Hey, real fast, I wanted uh, wanted to ask you, Dad and I have been really hooked on it, and for people out there that are looking for a good Netflix binge-worthy show, have you watched it all, the QB1 show? I watched a couple episodes. Dude, that show uh, has got to be one of my favorites on Netflix, mainly because of the fact that you see both ends of the spectrum as far as quarterbacks go. You see the kid that's really humble, and then you see a kid that could not be more cocky. And if I'm talking about this season, Spencer Rattler last year could not have been more of a cocky kid um, yeah. at, at Pinnacle High School in Arizona, man. He 
every opportunity he had was fluffing himself up. I think a lot of that typically is dictated by the program that you're in. Yeah. When you are in a program that is used to winning, like if you have a Gonzaga preps program, you know, and I played there, you're just another cog in the wheel. Yeah. You know, here's another spoke. It's, it's, you're going to come through here. We're going to coach you. You're going to play a certain role. Um, and whatever that role is, you're, that's going to be best serving the team. And then when you graduate, we hope you do great things afterward. If you're fortunate to play college football, great. If not, thank you for a great four years. Here <laughs> comes the next kid. Yeah. And that, and that's not a bad thing, obviously, when you're winning. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that it's a number, so don't get me wrong. But I think for a lot of, I think for some other programs where you get these really talented kids, especially at the quarterback position, and you go out and, you know, you go out to practice and you just sense a difference in the program purely based on the talented kid that you have out there behind the center, that can lend itself to create some issues down the road. And so when you watch, when you watch that show, you're going to see sometimes programs where they're used to dealing with kids like that because they're spread out everywhere. Yeah. But then other times you're going to see kids that are going to be looking at it where it's, you know, they know they're the guy and the coaches know that they're the guy. And now you're creating an atmosphere where it's, it's the team around the kid, not the kid part of a team. And I think that's the unfortunate part when you see a show like that is sometimes you see certain kids. And again, you know, I'm not part of that program. I don't know. I don't know what goes on the day to day. Obviously they cut it to have a certain effect. Um, <laughs> yeah. But that being said, I think you could tell from a personality a lot what that program's about for sure. Yeah, no, and I think that's a really good point because that's usually what Dad and I comment on is the the coach, what he lets sometimes his quarterback get away with or some of the quarterbacks that have been on the show is a testament to how uh, how good is the team, how do they respond to adversity, all of that, because when they let or when certain coaches let a, a quarterback just go off the rail when, when one thing goes awry, you know, that team is typically not where they could be but then you see other programs in which they've had on that show where, you know, the quarterback is so positive. Cause I mean, they've had like Jake Fromm on there um, and the school that he went to in Georgia and super, you know, good kid. And also too, really well coached and coachable to where he would come off the field even after a mistake and it wouldn't be blown up on other, uh, other teammates. So I think that's a really good point to where like, yeah, I mean, it, it really depends well, on who's coaching. And that's the other reason why he's had success when he's at Georgia. I mean, Fromm has been able to carry that over into the uh, collegiate level. Yeah. And there's a reason why Georgia is on the rise. And, you know, me living in the South, apparently the SEC is the only conference in college football. But when you look at what Georgia has done over the last few years, I'm going to sound biased because I'm a quarterback at heart, and I've coached quarterbacks my entire coaching career. But it all starts with the guy behind the center. Yeah, And I don't care if you're running the option like Gonzaga Prep does or if you are running the spread and you're throwing the ball 60 times like I did when I was at – like we did when I was at Shadle and we had Brett ripping at quarterback. It's the same thing. It's – you're going to – you know, you're going to go as far as that quarterback is going to take you. And, you, and your team is going to pose the um, – trying to find a word here. Your, your team is going to take after the attitude of that quarterback. And so 
when you have when you have a quarterback like like Fromm, who's humble, who understands that he's just another body on that team. Yes, he plays a key position. Yes, he touches the ball every play, but he understands he only goes as far as the other ten guys on the team go. Yeah, you're you're, you're creating a really good atmosphere. And those kind of kids are great to coach because you're not spending so much time trying to get them back down to, to planet Earth. Mm-hmm. When you have another type of kid where they know they're good, they act like they're good, and they may be able to back it up, but then they act like they're better or different than the rest of the team, now you're, you're creating a, a big issue. But see, I, I'm going to go back to what I said beforehand. That all starts with how you build your program. Yeah. If you build the program in a manner in which everybody kind of buys in, well, I don't care if you're a quarterback or if you're the right guard. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone has that same kind of attitude. So, you know, and, and when I was at Shadel, you know, Brett was really good about always giving credit to the offensive line, always giving credit to his wide receivers. He was a very humble kid. Now, a lot of that came from his home life. But a lot of that is also based off the program we built. It was, you're just another guy here. Yes, you're Brett Rippon. Yes, you're setting state records. Yes, you were throwing the ball a ton. I mean, you got everything going for you. You're going to be the kid that's going to go play Division One college football. No one else on that team did. Yeah. So the fact that he was still able to kind of keep it to a point where he wasn't getting overly cocky or anything like that, that's a unique thing. And we're doing that here at Lake Mineola. And you'll see that obviously with the rest of your, you know, the rest of those quarterbacks you may see on that show. So it's a tough position to coach. There's no question about it. You know, they're divas sometimes, but other times they're the most humble kids in the world. And you just try to relish the fact that you get to coach kids like that from time to time. Yeah, no, and you make an excellent point in which saying that like uh, Dave McKinnon, what he's done at prep, he has literally taken an offense that is not exciting one in which mm-hmm. uh, receives a golf clap when they get certain touchdowns because it's, oh, we scored. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, because yeah, he's lulling everyone to so sleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Um, and he gets kids to buy in to, you know, hey, you're, you're a stock blocker, and kids are like, okay, sign me up. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. I mean, listen, what Coach McKenna has done there has been phenomenal. <clears throat> and I've, I've co- I, I coached under him for a year. He was a defensive coordinator when I was playing there. And I, there was no question you could kind of tell that he was the next guy in line uh, yeah. after Coach Carson had left. And um, I've coached against him. I think I said that. But, yeah, I coached against him for about six years. Yeah. Uh, two at North Central uh, that we don't need to mention. And then the four <laughs> years at Shadle. And they were always difficult to beat. And it was because of the fact. And, it you know, you hated playing prep. It was because it was, you know, the first thing was, all right, they're going to be super disciplined. You know, you're going to have to outplay them. Mm-hmm. They're not going to give you the game. Secondly, it was they're good kids and they're smart kids and they do what they're told and they buy into the common goal. Like you just said, yeah, if you're going to stock block, you're going to be the best stock blocker out there, period. And if you're the quarterback, sure, you're not putting up numbers through the air, but you could still run over 100, 150 yards as the option guy. I mean, you know, Stockton's kid was a quarterback there. You know, Mannix was a quarterback there. Um, oh, excuse me, the, Max Mad Dog Mannix, I think yeah, you were referring Mad to. Yeah, Mad Dog Mannix was a quarterback there. I mean, they had, you know, you can go down the line, man. You know, the kid that led him to the state title a couple years ago. Liam Bell, who's there. actually back to coach. He's coaching this year for Yeah, Prep. Liam Bell. I mean, they have kids that have played there 
and they all fall in line with that. Mm-hmm. And that's fantastic. And yeah, that, that has been that way for years. But I think what, what McKenna has done such a fantastic job of is he has changed with the time because kids have changed. You could be disciplined all you want, but it's 2019. Yeah. It, you cannot coach the way you did in 99. You just can't do that anymore. I mean, I, I, I've coached with guys like that still, where they still feel like you can still coach like it's not. You can't. You just can't. There's just too many options for kids now. They don't have to play football anymore. And so that, that is a unique thing. And just back full circle again, I mean, that quarterback position, if you can get a kid to buy in to whatever type of offense. I mean, it, listen, if you step foot on campus, you know you're handing the ball off 90% of the time. Mm-hmm. You know, or you're, or you're a running back as a quarterback who gets to wear, uh, you know, a number that looks like a quarterback, but all in all, like you're going to run the ball and I'm not, there's nothing bad about that. I mean, they're, they're really tough to stop. You only get a week to prepare for the option. It's not easy. And that's why they run it. Um, and they're well coached and coach Cassano does a fantastic job coaching his offensive line and, and, and calling plays and setting things up. And it's fantastic. Um, would I run it? No, I believe in the 21st century, but (laughs) (laughs) Throwing <laughs> the football, but I, but I, no. In all seriousness, yeah. I mean, but it you you still marvel at it. You still look at it and go, golly, man. They can still move the ball running that offense, and that's kudos to what that program has done for sure. Well, here's what I want to do to to end things today. Um, since you can be as unbiased because you're not around here, you're not coaching in the GSL. Um, you yeah. can give me a prediction on uh, preps. Uh, schedule this year. So I'll run down the games. You tell me win or loss. I'll tell you if they're home or away and give you everything that I can. All okay, right. Okay, well, I'll do the best I can since, you know, I do sit there and watch watch practices left and right. Exactly. That and, you know, you hop on huddle. You're like, what's prep up to? <laughs> yep, I do. I study the huddle film. All right, go ahead. Uh, all right, they play at home against Quarter Lane week one. They should do well in that game because it's the opening. Yeah, home opener. Um, I do know this: when you run the option, it takes at least a few weeks to get it going again against live competition. That's true. So if they can kind of get it going early on, they'll be fine. But that is one of the downsides to running the option. It takes a while to kind of just eat, you know find the flow to how to run that offense consistently. Mm-hmm. You find that a lot of prep losses typically happen at the beginning of the year. Sometimes, yeah. not just because of the tough schedule, but because also they're kind of getting used to running their offense still. Um, but that being said, I trust those guys. They got a good staff there. So is Coeur d'Alene. Yeah. Um, you know, Coeur d'Alene plays, you know, what are they like? What are they? 5A? Yeah, it's like 5A there in Idaho. Yeah. 5A with about uh, eight other schools in the entire state that are 5A. So <laughs> that's, you know, they want to state title. You have like seven other schools that play in <laughs> You should. Um, okay. You guys have running water in Coeur d'Alene. So yeah, you guys should win. No, I would, honestly, I would say Prep will win that game. Okay. Then they go on the road to play San Ignatius in uh, Northern, Northern California. Yeah, man, that's going to be tough. That's going to be tough. I mean, it's a road game. You're, you're going, you know, that's a whole different mentality. You're, you're traveling out of state. Same stuff we're going through this Friday night, only to a larger extent there. So we'll say toss-up I mean, probably on that. Yeah, I'd probably say toss-up. And I don't know anything about saying Ignatius. Neither do I. But I'll put it this way. If they're having Gonzaga Prep come down there to play a game, they must be good enough to compete with them. Yep. So That's I'll put it that point. way. Uh, all right. So if we're one and one for just the sake of of uh, 
our conversation, then week three will be against University at home at prep. Win. Don't need to waste time on okay. that. Win. So. Two and one. Then they play Shadow Park at home. Another win. Okay, three and one. So that'll be a blowout. Then they play Mead at prep. Yeah, see, I don't know how Mead is with that new coach there. Um, and, you know, the last time I, you know, the last time I heard when that new guy took over there, they were trying to do some things a little bit different than the uh, previous regime. Yeah. But the one thing about Mead is they're always going to have big kids. I mean, that is a school that had the Mattingleys at one point. Yeah. Um, they're going to have big kids. So it's just a matter of will they execute. If they execute, they'll give prep a game. But, uh, you know, I'd say just purely based off of history, I'm going to trust prep's preparation. Plus it's at home. home. Yeah, 4-1. Yeah. and one. Okay, four and one. Then they go. Then they go for a t- a tough three week stretch to to end the season. They play. Got it. North Central Rogers. Who else? <laughs> uh, <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. No, uh, they uh, they play Ferris at Albi. Yeah, that could be a tough game. I don't know how Ferris is now with the new regime as well. That's right. You're out now. There. Um. Oh, coach, you're out there. I think okay, so. Well, I think that's who it is the, there now. If well, if you're out there, they're going to run the four four. <laughs> and, uh, and 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 the and they're going to run a lot of zone. Uh, it's a zone running game. If if they have the kind of kids they've had in years past, they'll get you know. And that that has always kind of become. I mean, I know LC kind of claims it as well, but Ferris mm-hmm. and LC always seem to kind of have the rivalry with prep. Yeah. Because um, you have a lot of kids that live on the South Hill that go to prep, <clears throat> so they all grew up with each other. Um, so I would say that I would give it to prep for right now. Okay. Just, just purely based on just more years in the program. Okay. Then you they know. go. Uh, <laughs> then they go on the road again, Central Valley at CV. So if the guy that is there as the head coach, though, is the offensive coordinator there under uh, Gene Petrie, um, he's a good coach, and uh, you know, I, you know, obviously they they reach around the eye, but I think he runs a little more of the spread. I would say that. Are they playing at CV? Yep. That thick grass. Yeah, that's always a tough place to play. That's always a tough place to play. CV's got big kids. They always got big linemen. Got some big backers. Um, the, the the saving grace that Prep will have is they go one way. Yep. That, that helps. But that's why CV leads to run the eye to kind of shorten the game. So I would say that if I had to to guess, you know, CV's going to give them a game. So I think that could be a toss up. You know, plus at that point, who knows with health? Yep. That's everything a good point. else that goes into that. Okay. So I would say that. The, game yeah so uh if they're looking at that and they get to the end of the season they'll have two losses um on the year uh but that one against saint ignatius if they do lose that game won't count in league so they'll have one loss right. and their final game is against lc at home against big uh, rivalry i mean yeah rivalry game again i remember when i was playing there they tried to do this dinner that they were going to do before every uh time that we play lewis and clark mm-hmm and uh, it was going to be like, you know, a, like a meeting of the two teams before the game. And I think they did it for like two years, and that was it. Um, <laughs> uh, Coach Yearout challenged us as players on Gonzaga Prep that uh, we needed to have our chin straps buckled tight because there was going to be some popping going on. <laughs> and I just was kind of thinking, like, I think it's going to be the last dinner that we have here <laughs> between Lewis Park and Prep. But um, I'm going to go with Prep. You know, I don't know if Hughes is still there at uh, at Lewis and Clark, but if uh, if he is, there's continuity there. If he's not, 
prep's going to have, you know, the thing about prep is they always find it a way to keep it rolling there toward the tail end of the year. They always play the best at the, at the end of the year. Yep. Um, and that's a mark of a good program. You shouldn't peak at the beginning of the year. You should always peak. You should always play your best the last game of the year, which you would hope would be the state title game. So I'd say right now, um, and that, that lends itself to coach McKenna's mantra, you know, got to get better, get better every play, got to get better, find ways to get better. So I'll give it to prep. Uh, okay. So, I mean, I, I think that that could be a pretty good season. I know that, uh, they're really coming along. They're playing with a lot of speed right now. That's going to be their emphasis, uh, both offense and defense side of the ball. Um, but, uh, it will be interesting for sure because of the fact that, um, I think in years past, I think that this is actually a tougher schedule. And then um, one plus, though, that I would love uh, for prep to think about and think that how blessed they are is you don't have to play Mount Spokane. Because if there's one school that I've actually seen over the past couple of years just through watching on SWX that's better and is well coached, it's Mount Spokane. So it's almost nice that they yeah. don't have to play a school like that. That guy's done a really nice job since he took over for McLaughlin. Um, yeah, we played them, I think, Brett's senior year when that guy had taken over. And, uh, you know, um, we were able to get past them. But, yeah, I mean, obviously that was, you know, that, that, that you know, actually I think we lost them in the playoffs, but we beat them during the regular season, I think. Or maybe yeah. we lost twice, I don't know, a while ago. But the, the point is, yeah, they're a good team. I mean, and, and they, you know, they, they're also tough kids out there. You know, you're out in the north side area kind of a little more country-ish than Mead is. Um, and it's a different type of kid out there. And uh, they're well-coached, like you said. They're disciplined. Um, yeah, and they're tough as nails. They don't have a lot of bodies, it always seems like. They always have, like, you know, 35 guys. Mm-hmm. But those 35 are going to play really hard for them. And yeah. I, that, that's the mark of a good program, and that's something that even what our program is trying to do right now is striving to get to is – you want people to look at you and know that you're well coached. It's the best compliment you can get being disciplined. So, you know, yeah, that, that to some extent that's a saving grace for prep, but I'm sure prep will look at it like, you know, we'll take on all comers. So, you know, with their schedule that they have, they'll be challenged. Um, obviously it's different than when I was coaching there, um, where you, where you, we got to play the three, a schools. Um, but uh, all that being said, no, that will be that will be good for them for sure. You know, and if they're fortunate enough to make the playoffs, they'll be well prepared for them because they had a tough schedule. Yeah, no, and uh, if I could make one prediction to close our conversation, you know, you just went through uh-huh. and went through the the GSL yeah. this weekend when you guys play in Jacksonville. What's the name of the school again? Fleming Island. Okay, Fleming Island. I'm thinking. Yeah. I'm thinking a 2018 game, and here's where my thought process is. Okay. It's, it's going to be a little bit sloppy. I think that yeah. it's going to come down to basically some missed extra points, and then you know a team's going to kind of be in a position where we got to go for two. And so that's where I kind of see that 2018 game where it, it kind of looks like an odd score, but it's something along those lines where a, you know, a team's going to have to make a decision to Go for two, and it's not going to go their way. And I think it goes 2018 your way. I think the talent you have that you spoke about that surround even a young quarterback, something to be said about that, that I think they'll be able to carry that kid. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, from your lips to God's ears, it'd be great if we were able to go out there and get the W, I mean, and kind of rally around some embattled times right now. It's just a little bit of adversity our team is going through right now, but 
you know, I I, uh, I like the way our players are handling it. Um, and like you said, I think if they can rally around Isaiah and believe in what he says in that huddle, offensively speaking, we should still be able to move the ball. And then on defense, you know, um, they do a nice job over there. They've held teams to low point, low uh, low scoring games so far. So. You know, we just got to see what we're made of. I mean, it's going to be a good test for us, not just from a standpoint of the, the the adversity we're going under, but also it's a good team we're playing against and playing a legitimate road game where we have to travel out of town. You know, there's going to be like 40 people on our side, you know, on our stands there. <laughs> so this will be good. I mean, that's that's what a typical road game should be in high school football. You should definitely feel like you know you're you're playing in a in a in a hostile environment, which it will be. And I think our kids are excited. They, they can't wait to play, and we'll see where it goes, man. I mean, I you know this is typical fo- high school football, you know. So um, that's why it's the I think the best time of the year for sure because it's exciting and week to week it can change. You never know what it will bring. Well, yeah, no, and I'll, I'll be curious on uh, on the phone call that we receive on your way home from that uh, three hour drive. Now, uh, to uh, to close things out, uh, I, I really do uh, send my love to Devon Cole and uh, tell him to keep his head up and then uh, say hello to Mama Hawk and uh, oh. let her know that uh, she has missed all the way here in Washington. Yeah, Mama Hawk, our principal, proud principal, Miss Linda Shepard. Well, Linda Shepard Miller. <laughs> uh, yeah, she's, uh, she's a great principal. And, uh, yeah, I know that uh, we miss you down here. Um, a lot of the kids have talked about how, you know, especially the senior class last year, they kind of knew you a little bit better, but uh, they all still ask about you. They want to know if everything's going okay. Still got teachers who ask about you. Um, I've even had the podcast on with some teachers in the room, and they like what they've heard so far. They think it's really cool what you're doing with this whole podcast thing. I have to say, I mean, I'm going to sound biased because I'm your brother, but, you know, Gonzaga Prep is very fortunate that they have an opportunity to have something like this available to them because, uh, it's not an easy thing to do to get all those people together one by one and interview them and get to know them in a very easy manner and a conversational manner and uh, to continue to be able to keep that really strong alumni network that Gonzaga Prep has. I mean, I'm a part of that, obviously, being alumni there. Yeah. And then on top of that, just, you know, the, uh, the fact that you're putting the work in to, to put those together for them so you give us something to listen to uh, i've listened to everyone so far even all the way down here in florida the boot of the country and uh <laughs> yeah i think it's a really cool thing what you're doing man just keep it going it's it's really awesome man i'm proud of you yeah no i appreciate that it's uh it's nice for all 80 large of our uh our listener base right now i'm getting to hear some brotherly <laughs> love love that well 80 is better than zero that is so, true <laughs> I would say even uh, even Rome had to start somewhere. So I, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. So I would say that if you continue to keep doing this kind of stuff, obviously have some guests that come on that you know have a little more cachet than maybe your brother does. But if <laughs> if you have if you have some people that come on and you know continue to be an entertaining listen, people, more and more people will join in, and then you know you expand from there. So no, I think it's really cool, man. Just keep doing what you're doing. Well, stay tuned. Uh, just as if, uh, just the same, I should say, we're doing this interview uh, via Skype. I'm going to do an interview via Skype with Evan Weaver coming up soon here. So a little more cachet, you know, leading leading tackler in the Pac-12. Going to be so on the program. you're not going to fly down and go on location in Berkeley, they're just telling me? 
Uh, no, no, the the funds no. the funds a little tight, and uh, no, no Southwest airline fares that you were able to use miles on to get down there? No, I kept dropping the hint to prep to say, you know, hey, I would love to go down to interview this guy for 15 minutes. What do you think yeah. about floating me a flight? You mind flying me round trip for a 15-minute interview real quick and then me just chilling in San Francisco on your dime for two days? For two days. <laughs> I'll take calm. some pictures. I'll send them. I'll post them on the site. Yeah, yeah all for a good cause. All for a good cause. No, I again, man. No, I think the Skype thing is going to allow you to be able to reach out a little bit more and get some, some good interviews. Obviously, that for people that don't all live in Spokane, for sure. Yeah. So, really appreciate you know, the, the compliments. The alumni, base, the alumni base is very, very wide. So, in terms of how it, how the tentacles of Gonzaga Preps alumni base has really reached out beyond just Spokane. So, mm-hmm. no, it's going to be cool, man. Yeah, super cool. Um, yeah, so uh, we're, we're going to have you on again, though. I think that it's going to be nice to check in with you, kind of allow our listeners to see how Lake Mineola High School is doing, and then at the same time uh, give you an update on uh, that prediction you had for the, the GSL standings for prep. And uh, we'll come back. We'll revisit that. Yeah, well, I'll be looking forward to doing that when I get my uh, next free night of doing this here in about seven weeks. So it's going to be great. <laughs> Well, we will start the countdown. We'll let you know every day. All right, man. Sounds good. I can't wait. (laughs) All right. Hey, you take care. Uh, Go get them this week. All right, buddy. Love you. Love you. All right, man. All right. I hope you enjoyed that interview with uh, old Granos there in in Florida. And uh, we're going to look to have him on uh, a little bit more frequently. Uh, it was a really comfortable conversation, and he has a he has a lot to add, and he's a great personality, and so um, we're gonna let to look to have him on uh, to talk a little bit more uh, about his experience at prep, and then uh, you know just weigh in when update him what he's going on and down there in Florida, and then uh, weigh in on the current GSL season. You know he has a lot to add. He coached in the area for a long time, and I think he could provide a lot to the show. So uh, stay tuned, and uh, as always, go pups.